I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and you are experiencing 60 Cycle Home, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. <laughs> when you say when we say experiencing, I feel like it's like the podcast is being thrusted upon them. I feel like that podcast is like happening to them. I feel like it, you're saying they're experiencing symptoms of something. <laughs> What you're going through right now is very common. It's called 60 cycle hum. Don't worry. It'll be over in about an hour. (laughs) Uh, So uh, what's new, right? What's new? I don't think I have anything new. Wow. That's a rarity, man. You usually have something new. I mean, um, I messed around with, with this guy a little bit today, the game changer plus pedal. Uh, I was, maybe it was successful. I don't know. I recorded like an unboxing video and like, First impressions messing around with it. It was like about 40 minutes of footage. So I don't know if any of it's good. I feel like I was playing pretty bad in it. So I don't know if I'll even publish it. If I do, then you've already seen it maybe. And if not, I'll I'll do some actual good coverage of this pedal because it's actually a bunch of fun. Was that the one you were messing around with and then your guitar broke? Or was that the G4? That was the G4. Okay. when I, I The guitar didn't break. A string broke. I broke a low E string. Chugga chugging on that thing. But you got to play around with this thing a little bit. Yeah. Earlier tonight, what did you think? Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a substantial pedal. My comment, my actual comment was, wow, this pedal makes it seem like I actually know how to play guitar. (laughs) No, it's really fun, though. You can do some, like, really cool layering things. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like a lazy version of, uh, of, uh, trying to, like, layer notes with a delay pedal. Yeah. But it's like it's kind of like the freeze concept. Yeah. But but you can like more look, subtle. You can like layer. Like yeah. I think that's the thing that's cool is like how easy it is to to layer because it has that those uh like you can extend the tail, you can extend the sustain. So once you let it go, the note kind of rings out. And so if you play another quick note, the case and is just ridiculous again, on this thing too. Uh, now you've got you've generated two notes at different times that can be on completely different parts of the fretboard. Or like you could change effects and like layer a bunch of effects. Yeah, uh, is I was messing around with the uh, the effects loop on it. You can apply whatever effects you want to the sustained trail that this thing makes. It's wild. Yeah. It's a wild pedal. Good job, Game Changer. This was their first pedal that they ever came out with. Can you yeah. believe that? No, they were. It was like up for Gear of the Year, I think, a couple of years ago on Guitar Nerds, the world's number two guitar podcast. <laughs> Well, at least not the number one. We're the world's number six guitar podcast. <laughs> so what's new with you, Steve? Uh, I bought a Digitech S-Drum. The S-Drum? I'm not, is it the S-Drum or is it the S-D-Rum? It's the S-Drum. I think it is supposed to be the S-Drum. S-Drum. Because it's supposed to be like S-Drum, but with yeah. drum. Um, so it's kind of like, it was the sort of the successor to the trio but not totally different concept than the trio. Uh, kind of a different concept, yeah. Well, the trio has like the strum a beat thing, right? Doesn't it have that? But not it's, as like it senses your playing speed, right? Well, the, the S do you know you can, what the S drum does? The, yeah, the S drum is the drum machine, but you can like set the bass, like you can set the kick drum with like one string. Right, and the I think the snare. Well, I think it's more string. like regions, like the top, the low right. strings will represent one thing. Right, and the well, high but like when people were talking about, they would say like, "Oh, I used like the low E string for like 
this for like this drum and the high air and like the G string for the, the other drum. I'm just trying to imagine how you're going to use it. Like I was thinking, you... I was just going to use it like as like a practice thing. Oh, just for fun. Yeah, but it, I don't think it like it doesn't like loop the drums. It doesn't make a drum beat for you. You're making the drum beat. Right, but I'm saying like Maybe so I can make so? a drum beat and then the drum beat's going and then I play on top of it. Is that how it works? I don't know. That was the impression I had. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I got it for a super good price, and I got the yeah. uh, the Digitech. You did Pro Audio Star F3 SX whatever the three button foot switch. Mm-hmm. I got one of those. Both I think of them I've were got open. One of those over there on the shelf. Both somewhere. of those were open box, so it was like seventy six dollars. I think for, for both, both of them together. Yeah. Damn, dude, they're just yeah. clearing that DoD stuff out. Yeah. So I don't know when it's gonna how arrive. How are you liking your Pro Audio Star? How are you liking your rubberneck? Is uh, I like it. He likes it's it. It's really good. I really wanted. I, I to use, get... I brought it with us to the uh, with me to the Nam House, and people were like really stoked on it. I really want to get one of the uh, the feedback ones, the freak out. Oh, the freak out. But uh, it's hard for me to justify buying stuff right now. That one. Ha- I need to sell stuff to make that a room. One hasn't. I haven't seen that one go on like the deep deep discount yet. Yeah, it seems like it's still sitting at like a hundred or something. Yeah. If I can get one. Oh man, I don't want to jinx it, but if I saw him up for fifty, I would have a tough time saying no to him. Mm. Maybe it'll get to that point eventually. They're just, they've been trying to get rid of all that stuff, which is depressing. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Well, um, I heard the S drum like didn't sell super well. I don't like, think people like really seller. got it. So I figure out like that price. Oh, there's a ton of them on. On I was like thinking like oh well if I don't like it like I'll just sell it because I'm getting it so cheap. I looked on Reverb, and there's like 20 of them on Reverb. Oh, really? So uh, I don't know if the market is slow, but even like the prices are like – the prices are so low Pro Audio Star is just like DOD's not going to like enforce any kind of map pricing right now, so let's just go crazy. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean that's definitely a possibility. They could be supplied with fresh stuff right now. Who knows? Like – DOD could still be manufacturing stuff. They're just not enforcing anything. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how they're getting the prices on some of the stuff because that's the same way I got the uh, the rubber neck. The rubber neck everywhere else, like a lot of places had the rubber neck down to one hundred and fifty, and then Pro Audio Star dropped it down to a hundred. And I think that one. That's a lot of delay. I for think that bucks. one was so the S the S drum the S drum strum. That I got um, is is going to be open box. Same thing with the right. switch. They're supposed to both be open box. So that's why. It's like the, an open face sandwich. Rate. You just have to put it together yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You want to jump into the first ad? It's a nice, neat piece. Yeah. Our last of- episode was so freaking long because of Ryan Adams. I hate him now because of what he did to us. Um, I mean,. It's not as bad as what he did to other people, but <laughs> but let's make That's this awful. Let's man. make this episode a lot shorter than All right. that. This first ad was sent in by the Inboxer. It is a blast cult. I mean, due process, right? Blast cult. Blast cult. Dude process. Dude process. I've never heard of this brand before. It's a blast cult thirty-two. It's I'm a loving it. Medium scale thirty-two inch solid body base featuring a Firebird esque body bolt-on neck and an active pickup and eq system with an individual pickup per string made in the usa it's made in the usa but this is for sale in australia you think that these are uh uh gabriel tenorio strings on there no no all right 
I don't know. They got those silk wraps. Do they? Are they? Who are they? The only ones that do the blue silk? I don't know. I've do, never seen it on anything else. Does got does Gabrielle use uh use colored ball ends? Oh, I don't know. I Probably mean, it, not. It could be, but I mean, I don't know who uses blue. Who else uses? I don't know if he's the only. Let's one Let's not uses blue worry silk. about it. Let's talk about this base. It's like a Telecaster style base shape. Mm-hmm. Like a guitar shape, like a Telecaster. Yes. But then it has that cutaway on the top of the body with like that center stripe that's raised mm-hmm. like a Firebird, like it mentions. The detail that really sticks out to me that I think is fantastic, like I want to see this on a bunch of other guitars now, is that there's no text on the front of the headstock. It's printed on the side of the headstock. So only someone who's like underneath the bass, and I'm assuming it's printed on the other side, uh, the person holding the bass can see the actual name, and then there's just like a like a logo on the headstock instead of any sort of print. I think it's a really classy look. I'd love to see that on some other brands' guitars and basses. I don't know anything about this brand. I've never heard of them either. Do you think they only make basses? I feel like if they made guitars, I would have heard of them. Yeah, this is a really interesting bass design overall. I really like the raised, like the Firebird meets Telecaster thing. Uh huh. The access from the back for those pickups, it, it looks cool. It's probably really que- really uh, weird inside of it. Um, I remember talking about those single uh, string pickups like early, early days of the show, like probably in the first like 50 episodes yeah, or something. Yeah, because they look like super cool. And you were talking about like putting it like just one of them. Like under like a, like putting it on like doing the uh, um, local H thing with it, like yeah. Putting like one of those underneath, and then have it go to like a separate output. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like these might be the uh, Dario slow wound oh. strings, which are discontinued. I'm not exactly sure what they are. Like they do have the colored ball means. ends. Yeah, I mean we're checking the balls right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, man, I. I, re- I really need to look up what the deal is here. It's f- it's basically fifteen hundred dollars, but it's in Australia, so I don't know how much it would be like if you were to find this locally. Like they do make guitars. They've got a flying V here. I'm on know. their website. Their stuff looks super wild, though. Did you find like what are their prices? Do they have prices on their site? Uh, I don't know, but there's a coupon thing come up said ten percent off your first order. Ooh, I know, right? I'm already getting in good here. Yeah. It looks like it's very custom. Let's see if there's anything in stock. So it's like something Shop where online. you need to uh need to buy it. Electric guitars. Uh I'm seeing a bass for sixteen. That's not bad. I'm seeing a that flying V guitar for thirty two. I'm seeing uh another bass for oh, the thirty one. The blast colt thirty two, which is what yeah, this one is is thirty one hundred dollars. But that one has uh, like a crazy finish on it, right? And it says sold out. I wonder why this base is so much. One, the base is so much. Cheaper. Man, that's a cool finish, though. That wild, like freaky psychedelic finish. Yeah, on the one that says sold out, the thirty two hundred dollar one. Man, cool looking brand. Yeah, we need to find out. Find out more about these guys. Oh, look, it Find matches this on. motorcycle tank. Oh. I'm going to have to try to remember to look up these pictures for the episode. Yeah. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, I really like the look of this thing. These guys are making an attractive product at a uh, price that I can't afford. <laughs> I want to know what the background is. Looks uh, like some sort of graffiti wall. Yeah, I think it looks really cool, too. Yeah. Would you play it? Oh, yeah. I'd play it for I would days. super play this. I'm really... I, I mean, I wish I could get my hands on some of those pickups. I don't know what I'd put them in. Put them in a... What would I put those in? The Mahar. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but gotta put you put them in the put them in the Jennings. <laughs> I feel like they would work. Like if I did the local acing, if I threw them in the uh, pure Salem. Yeah, that would be. You just get all you really need is whatever one of these guitars is a pool route. Yeah. Yeah, which I guess I was gonna say you should throw it in the Harley Benton, but there's no way that's a pool route. Nope. It'd be easy to drill a single hole, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just a cool look, this this single button pickups. Yeah, so I wonder what they sound like. Maybe they don't sound great in guitar. Yeah, I'm sure I've they're fine in bass. I've only heard them on, a, on like, an electric upright. I've never even actually heard one on... In I've like never a, heard one at all. Yeah. So I've got you beat, Steve. Do we want to tackle Wait, the... do you uh, have me beat or do I have you beat? You need to stop beating each other. First topic? Yeah, let's topic this first sponsor spot uh, this week's oh, episode. Sponsors. Speaking of the strings on this bass, this uh, this episode is sponsored by Diderio. Yep. Uh, they make strings. Um, specifically, this episode is sponsored by Diderio XL Strings. The XL lineup is uh, made in the United States. It's actually got like... Six, I believe, different kinds of strings in there. You want to list it them? It ranges from the uh, chromes, which are like the warmest sounding, mm-hmm. and then I believe after that it would be the EXP coated string. That's two. Um, the half rounds. That's three. The half rounds might be warmer than the EXPs. I'm not sure. I'm not um, making a blanket here, Steve. I'm and making then, music. Uh, the XLs, which is four. which are these guys. Yeah. The nickel wound XL, my, my go-to's, and then uh, the pure nickel. Pure it's nickel five. is probably mellower than nickel wound, actually. Uh, and the pro steels. That's six. Do you have any more? I think believe that's all of them. That's all of them. Six. Yeah. So whether you want something really warm and classy like you the can chrome put or something w- nice and bright from a pro steels, you could mix and match one string from each different variety of string onto one guitar i feel like that's not a good idea i don't know i'll, I'll try it <laughs> all right i uh, go check out didario.com check out their lineup of xl strings if you're wondering if you got didario strings on your guitar check your balls check your balls that's all, all right saying. this episode's also brought to you by chase bliss audio right here dude already in front of you this is the dark world reverb and this is the tonal recall um what can we say? There's a lot of switches here. Switches, buttons, knobs. Sounds so dumb. Dip switches. There's jacks in and out. You can power this thing with a 9-volt jack right there. It's got screws on the back. You could unscrew it and look inside. Uh, don't mess with the trim pots without consulting Chase Bliss. Cause some... Just don't mess with the trim pots. I don't. Are any of the trim pots adjustable? Oh, yeah. They're all adjustable. I mean, are any of you them... You can get u- yourself in big trouble. Are any of them end-user adjustable? Yeah. Oh, okay. A couple are. 
All right. But definitely like consult Chase Bliss before you do anything like that because you can get stuff seriously messed up. But I've got two different delays here from Chase Bliss in my hand. I've got One the of those is a reverb. Oh, yeah. One's a reverb. <laughs> I was thinking of the Thermae. I'm like super tired oh. right now, guys. Uh, we got a delay. We got a reverb. They're awesome. I use them all the time. That's why they're sitting out because I mix them into uh, my demo rigs when I do stuff. And I mix them in and out of my boards all the time. Chase Bliss pedals. They make pedals that are more creative than you are. Let's move on to the topic, Steve. Yeah. Wait, did you say ChaseBlissAudio.com? ChaseBlissAudio.com. Uh, this first topic uh, was sent in by, I think, um, somebody, Adam Dolhanic. I've got the screen grab right here. Yeah, Adam Dolhanic. And he says... Uh, um, Do you want me wait, to read it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> what would it take to get you, the hosts, to go digital, Kemper, Helix, Fractal, etc.? So we we discussed that we already kind of have gone digital. Yeah. We just aren't using those style of digital units, Kempers right. and Helixes and things like that. Um, and I, th- I think that's really our answer is that we've already gone. We've just gone to like a hybrid. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like neither of us are using digital multis like that. Right. But yeah, you're using the New X Solid Studio. Yeah. Uh, as your so at as least my amp. for interfacing, we're using yeah. a digital, and I'm using currently the uh, Palmer, um, the Palmer Pocket Amp, I which mean, I think is digital. If it's not digital, it's at least like I'm base. Even if it's analog, I feel like you could argue that I'm. It's like effectively like I'm using emulation. Well, you could argue that everyone is playing digital guitar <laughs> or digits. I got a question for you. Yes. Okay. So, I'm, asha- I'm ashamed of that joke. So I watched the music video for um, Weezer. Weezer's new album, the Teal album, is all covers. Okay. Uh, it's the one that has Africa. Okay. Um, and then one of their – they do a cover of – um, Aha's Take On Me. Okay. Um, the music video stars uh, the band Calpurnia, which is um, the band that uh, Finn Wolfhard from oh, okay. Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. In. I listened uh, to his band. It sounded good. Yeah, they're super good. Um, and uh, Isla Tesler Mabe is uh, a music man endorse endorsey and she's actually in the fender acoustic sonic she does one of the acoustic acoustic sonic demos so super legit uh-huh. uh guitar player um but in that video i had this conversation with my wife this morning in that video she plays a casio dg20 okay i'm waiting um, to see where this goes and steve is taking me on a journey the question right now. that i have for you is when you see somebody playing do you th- a, a casio dg20 in a music video do you do you see that and you think? Let me rephrase this. You know what a Casio DG twenty like. I don't even have to tell you. Like I yeah. can just say Casio DG twenty. I was already thinking about one. Like you know what? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's like a like a digital keyboard sort of thing. Well, it's a guitar. Oh, it's the oh, it's the it's yeah, that yeah. black digital yeah, guitar with like that the Casio, plastic with the plastic that Casio strings. made back yeah, in the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. plastic strings, right? So she's playing one of those. Okay. And I would told Melissa that I think the average music video I didn't know what it was until you okay. explained it. I, and then I knew exactly what yeah. it was. Um I I told my wife that I think my wife um 
that the average music video watcher sees that and thinks that it's not a real guitar. Mm. I could I could see that. They think they probably think it's like a guitar hero controller or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I said you could debate that it's not a real guitar too though. It's a controller. Sure. Um and what I said then was that I feel like it's a shame that I want to say the most talented member of the band because that's like weighing, you know, you can't really compare like drum, like right. you can't compare instruments to each other necessarily. But at least like a super talented musician is being undermined by the fact that they're playing something that most people won't understand is a real musical instrument. I don't think if if she's using it, she is. She plays all of like so all the da 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 da. She plays all that okay. on sure. the DG twenty. So she's playing those as guitar parts, but with the synth. But sound. it's making the synth sound right. And like I was just like I was watching it and trying to figure out like I wonder if people see that and they realize like that she's actually playing that like this isn't a music video trick where somebody oh, okay. is playing it's something that looks it's not a prop right right like this is a like that and this this leads into playing digital stuff no this is just a thing i want to talk about this is a side tangent this is a this is an aside i was kept waiting for it to, to circle back <laughs> well we're talking about playing digital and then i thought of that that's the only connection the word digital digital i keep th- like thinking of the uh the orgy song Dreams in digital, digital, because it's better than nothing. <laughs> now that control is so gone. So, what would it what would it take, Steve, for you to go full digital? Money, money. That's it. Like someone to pay um, you, or for you to pay for the products to do it. I mean, I think that's. I think it's a column A, column B. Like I'm actually really interested in the uh, Line Six HX Stomp. I think it's yeah. a really uh, cool product, and when I've played through it, uh, it's. It's been pretty cool, and I've heard that I could, you can pretty much get any kind of bass thing for it. Well, he, here's the thing with that. It's like you don't have to like commit to using that as your full system. Like like I mentioned earlier, like we're, we're both like doing like this hybrid thing. We're, do, we're doing digital yeah. and analog. I think that's where it's going. Like I could totally see Kemper coming out with something that size and be like, oh, this is my Kemper on my board. Right. I don't need the full head thing anymore. Or like, you know, Fractal or whatever. I'm sure... Doesn't Fractal already have one? I think one? Fractal basically has done some things like that. Um, but it's like, we my, don't... Why do we need to choose? Porque no los dos. Sure. Well, and I don't know if like by digital, they mean, you know, obviously there's some there's some room for interpretation here. Um, the, the A lot of the boards that I've seen people putting HX stomps on, they're using it for the amp, amp and cab simulation. Right. Maybe they're doing like one, like maybe they're reverb or something on it. Uh, so it's it's basically like a, a pedal that's maybe like a two or three space pedal, and they're they're definitely like maximizing that. Right. Um, in your case, like you could probably knock out like the the uh, uh, so, the solid studio and the Atlantic with the HX stomp. Oh, totally. Like size wise. Oh, it would be smaller. Um. And, uh, and so, you know, yeah, I think my limitation is just like, if I was really super rich, like I would just get, well, really, if I was really super rich, I would pay a team of people to haul, uh, uh, four, four dumbbells to church every Sunday. I would play bass through a dumbbell. And you'd set three of them on fire. I would play bass through a guitar dumbbell. 
just rip the speakers to shreds. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not even like I think that's where we are now, where it's not even something worth discussing. You either need it and you use it or you have a use for it and it becomes part of your rig or you don't like it's not i think the technology has hit the place where it's not a compromise anymore it's just what's available alongside of everything else that's available yeah and you pick and choose based on like what you need like the sound quality isn't really an issue anymore right for the most part i mean people are always going to nitpick over certain things like you know well, there's I, the- I had I had the M3 or the M5. M5. I had the M5, and the DoD 250 like model in there did not like pass muster with me. Well, and you know, there's a meme going around right now that's like like some rando guy playing right a Pod 2.0, and they're like, "Oh wow, this sounds just like a tube amp." And now here we are, like 20 years yeah. later. And but the thing you know, is, like, it doesn't sitting around the the HX stump. Oh, this sounds just like a tube amp. It doesn't need to sound like a tube amp just anymore. If it just like a tube if it amp. just sounds good, and I think this, yeah, the stuff has hit the point where it just sounds good, and it doesn't matter if it sounds like a tube amp anymore. Uh, it might have the dynamics of a tube amp, but but sound different. But Ryan, because I need to of the speakers. Feel it. The speakers you're playing. I need, to, playing I need it through, to feel it, or the fact that you're playing it through headphones or like in ears or something like that. You know. I just don't feel like it's a worthwhile conversation anymore to debate between digital and analog. It's just like, which one do you need? Which one does what you want? Right. That's really all it comes down to. I love my analog pedals. I love my digital stuff that I have. Like, yeah, they, I don't know. They, if I, they complete different tasks. I don't know if I could go all digital multi, partially because right. I'm lazy, partially because I love the pedals that I have. Um, but I think that's part of the issue too. Is like talking about the HX Stomp and it being, you know, part of like a hybrid rig. It's like the thing that would keep me from going for a Kemper or a full uh, Helix or you know a full Fractal or whatever is that typically you're committing to just using that full rig. Like right. it's not as much of a hybrid thing. Um, and there's certain parts of my rig that I need to be certain things. And if like if a Fractal doesn't give me a drippy spring reverb, I'm going to have to figure out how to add that in somehow, you know? And that's really where like the hybrid rig comes from. Yeah. Like getting the exact things that you want and the things that can cover multiple bases. And I think that's, I think that's the advantage of something like uh, a small format, like the HX stomp. Yeah. Uh, they I should think, start paying us for how much I time, think really, if you're, if it. you're using like a full size, like a, like a, you know, an ax effects or whatever, like a full size board, then, those can be used as hybrid rigs, but I, at some point yeah. it's like if you if you're buying like a PT Pro pedal board and two thirds of it is a multi effects, like maybe you should just yeah get everything from the multi effects. I don't. I mean, I know there are people who are using four cable method with those things or whatever, and and uh, so they're getting like additional functionality. Yeah, what you need is one one pedal board that's all of your effects and then the just the helix is its own thing you use the effects as like a everything is always no that wasn't never mind that doesn't work i don't know man i don't know either let's get into the next ad yeah this ad was sent by chase cameron wood uh it's guitars 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 360 ps3 wii u ps2 uh 
$250. Have so many guitars I need to get rid of. I am open to offers. Must take all of it. I'm unsure what all goes to which, but the possibilities seem endless, lol. The boxes contain guitars as well. I have some huge totes and containers you can have as well to move it all. Very motivated to sell. Um, the first issue that I have is I've been using totes as short for totally for so long <laughs> that uh, when I read it as when I saw totes, uh, I was like, huge totalies? What? Huge totalies. I have some huge totes my goats. <laughs> this is a lot of game controllers and games here. Like, what do you think the original retail value of all this is? Thousands of thousands of dollars, easily. Oh, um, yeah, there's, what, 24? So if you figure, like... Well, he said there's there's guitars in the boxes, too. I assumed the guitars were out of the boxes. So there's there's 28? Oh, geez. 29 guitars? We're looking at... I think there's 31 total pieces of, like, 31 total pseudo instruments for 250 bucks so you're getting in like six or seven dollars per instrument per game it looks like there's 13 game boxes so like 13 games and 29 instruments one is the keytar one is the is the turntable i was gonna say the record player (laughs) Close enough. One one is a keytar, and the other one is a gramophone. <laughs> this is a lot. Do you think this person collected these because they were playing them all? Like I just don't... kept progressing to different games? Or do you think it's like a swap meet deal where they were like a dealer or something? I'm not sure. This is like I don't I don't know how to process this. Um because some of them, I'm sure, like some of them are more stylized. So, like, yeah. it might be like if you got the Beatles edition, then you, that's how you end up with like the Hofner bass. Well, he's got he's got two of the Hofner yeah. bases. Uh, he also has two Telecasters in different colors. Yeah. Uh, he, there's a Rickenbacker one, which I wonder if that maybe was also part of like a Beatles. I think it was uh, like a, the Beatles game. There's an Aerosmith. I think one? there's a yeah, there's an Aerosmith one. Um, I want to know what this pink heart one, what that is part of. That's kind of interesting. I think he's got two of the Aerosmith ones, too. Yeah, that back one is the same Aerosmith one again. Okay. I don't know a lot about um, rock band, Guitar Hero, whatever. I don't know. Um, I've seen these pretty cheap on like Craigslist. Yeah, they give them away. But now. at the same time, at $250, you're talking about less than... Um, ten dollars each and i think usually when i see those on craigslist pretty cheap like it doesn't come with the game it's just the controller yeah um so who would who would want to buy all of this though like this is a ridiculous thing to buy all at once unless you are someone who's who sees a flip in like a garage sale or like swap meet sort of way no i think that's what it is is you have to either like be meticulous enough to sell them all or you have to be like another person at like this person had all this stuff, took it all to the swap meet, couldn't unload it, so now they're just trying to unload it all at once. Do you remember when like, somebody else all this stuff was going on? Like Guitar Hero was like the biggest game in the world, and being on guitar forums and groups and stuff, people were just bitching and moaning about it. It was like, oh, if these kids just learn how to play real guitar, then like 
rock and roll wouldn't be dying and this and that and blah 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 and like that like level of yeah yeah of complaining and like here we are 10 years later 15 years later something like that yeah we're like no one plays these games anymore and they're giving them away and guitar is you know the people are selling tons of real guitars people are playing real instruments still i think they just came out with a new one but for the most part, but it's like, not it's not nearly as popular the, I, as the it was. idea of yeah the idea we were I don't you know yeah 10, I mean for a long stretch we 10, 12 years ago we were probably getting invited to like three or four rock band parties like a summer we were you know we were young and single had lots of friends that were throwing parties and rock band was like part of all of them like we had friends who would bring like their full band rock band rig the drums you know you know why i don't, multiple li- you guitars, know why I don't like rock bass. band why i don't know what's about to happen Wait. are you gonna sing you know what song this is right yeah I'm doing. I feel like I do a pretty good, like passable. Like I could be in an Oasis cover band, right? Yeah, pretty close. I played that song on Rock Band and failed the level. <laughs> we had a friend that was so good at playing Rock Band drums. They're like, dude, you should really like in a non like like angry old person way, but in like, dude, you should probably actually just get a drum yeah. kit. I think the I think the rock band drums were actually like almost like as close to an analog of an actual drum set. Right. Cuz you're using you a know. kick pedal and you're using a, a, a floor tom and two high yeah. toms. Yeah. But I just snare. I just thought it was hilarious that like there were a handful of songs on rock band that were harder in the game than they were I was oh, sitting there I was totally. like I was like I could teach you the person who has never played guitar before how to play this song in a passable level and you would master that with me teaching you that faster than i would master it pl- master the video game version of this song yeah it's, <laughs> it's, e- it's way easier to learn the songs on guitar than it is to learn i think so, like the hard level on yeah um garage band or whatever so so you know garage band has like five buttons uh and I think on the hardest version of that song on GarageBand, you have to use all five buttons. But there's only four chords. Steve is all wound up over this. <laughs> yeah, but with a chord, you have to use like three or four fingers That's at true. a time. That's true. Those cowboy And chords. you have to spend the time developing that skill, which takes... Yeah. You know, I mean, like the barrier to entry is is much smaller with a video game versus actual guitar and actually playing. I just in an thought it was band. really dumb that I was like, "Oh, I should be good at this," and I wasn't. I, my favorite I wonder, I wonder my favorite if, thing to do on any of those games was to be the vocalist. Yeah, it was like fun karaoke. Yeah, I wonder if the success of those games pushed us into where we are now, where karaoke is cool. No, like like there are so many instruments on the market and young people are still playing music. Like maybe it would have been much worse without garage band 10 years ago. You know, like maybe, I, maybe it did influence like a generation of people to like, you know, maybe I should like try an actual guitar. I do think it probably at the least exposed a lot of people to, um, 
the music a generation of music like guitar based music genres of music that they wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to and so maybe like as a society as a whole we were a little more well-rounded musically hmm. maybe i don't that's being that's being like we might still op, a little optimistic be too close to it now in this time in history but i could someday, fully see someday like, scientists will look back at this period and recognize it as a new musical renaissance <laughs> no I, i'm saying like i could see like in the next 10 years someone making a documentary about all the bands that became bands because the uh the people in them learned oh or like were inspired to play musical instruments I because they were playing video games why not? Because it's weird. I mean, I learned to play guitar because I, you know, saw a friend play, uh, you know, like Nirvana riffs. I'm like, oh, that looks easy. And then I cut my teeth playing like Green Day songs that that's I don't, different that than, I don't like anymore. That's different than, oh, I, uh, I picked up the guitar because I saw my friend playing a video game where he played a thing that was sort of a plastic five button version of a guitar. Well, you know, it's the same thing as like. The generation previous to ours, like how many people do you know that are Pac-Man because they played Pac-Man? I mean, it's I can't I count mean, I on one like, hand. Yeah, at least like <laughs> most of our parents were Pac-Man, thanks to Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Did I kill that? Yeah. That ad with that. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's thank another set of sponsors here. Um, I'd like to thank Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture Sinusoid. for supporting the show. Um, their signature cable is called the Slate. Oh, where do I have it is thick. I got a slate right here. It's a great cable. It's got a little tackified uh, feel to it. Yeah, it's kind of rubbery, um, kind of a little bit sticky. Not like a gross sticky, but it sticks to the floor. Sticks, yeah, like it. It like is abrasive on the table. I it's really, just grippy. It's, it's grippy. grippy. That's a good word. I like to have them uh, here in the uh, in the garage in the sixty cycle hum studios. Uh, because I lay it across the edge of a table, I know it's not going to slide over and get in the way of other things. I lay it in a line on the floor, and it's going to stay put. It's a great studio cable. It's a great like recording cable or stage cable in that way where it's going to stay where you put it. Say you're running a lead from your pedal board to your amp, and you need it to not fly around and roll around. The Slate is great for that sort of thing. Yeah, go check them out, uh, sinusoid.com. They make cables. And smiles. Uh, this episode's also brought to you by Vibes High Fidelity Earplugs. They Still are. got ours here. Um, basically, we you know uh, we go to shows. You want to hear the band. You don't want to lose your hearing. That's where these come in. A high fidelity earplug gives you the right amount of noise reduction. These come with three different tips, so you can find the size that's right for you. I like the little tip. It comes with these like cool little carrying cases that are like slip in your pocket. I will, nice and easy. I will say that I like these. Way better than like the metal pill bottle screw top ones. Yeah. They're so hard to get open. Yeah. And like there's just a pain in the butt. Like this thing, you stick it in your pocket, it pops open for sure. And closes lickety split. And um, that's just going to fit in your pocket really nice. They're going to be, they're a little more expensive than a foam ear plug, but they're going to protect your hearing way better. Don't, they're going to give you a better listening experience. Listen, guys, don't dick around with foam earplugs anymore. Yeah. If you're, if Unless, you're, maybe if you're a construction worker, yeah. If you're on the construction site and you just don't want to hear anything, then do that. But for for music, for the arts, yeah, don't do foam earplugs. It kills like all the signals you want to hear. Get earplugs like this, earplugs from Vibes that give you like a range of frequencies that you want to hear filtered through 
the earplug just to be quieter so you can actually hear what you're there to hear. You're there to hear music. Yeah. Here's something cool I found that I didn't talk about last week. Save the foamies for the air show. uh, It says, this comes with a little card. It says, thanks for giving the gift of hearing in partnership with the Hear the World Foundation. Each pair of Vibes funds hearing projects that provide hearing health care to children with hearing loss, creating a better quality of life for those in need. So that's a really cool thing that they do. That's cool. Um, if you want to check some out, uh, head on over to discovervibes.com. Use promo code 60cycle to get 15% off plus free shipping. Yeah. Uh, and these things are like t- about 20 bucks. So 15% off with free shipping, that's going to actually be a pretty like three deep bucks. discount. It's like three bucks plus free shipping. Plus free ship. So uh, go check them out, uh, discovervibes.com. Keep on moving. Our next topic was sent to us by Sean Wright. He wants to know if the gear demo market is saturated and something else, some other words that Ryan hopefully has a screen grab. I've got a screen grab. Subject, are gear demos as we know it done? Too many fish in the swimming pool. I don't think too many fish in the swimming pool, which I probably could agree with. I'm probably, you know, I'm probably one too many fish as far as things go. Um, there's an incredible amount of product coming out these days. Sure. And someone's got to cover it. Mm-hmm. And not every channel can like legitimately cover everything that comes out. So there's got to be multiple channels. I'm not going to say, I don't think anyone say that like we only need one channel or something like that. Well, I, you know, I saw this the other day. And somebody basically said that, like, now in the days of... I feel attacked. I need to defend my existence. In the digital camera era, in the iPhone X era... Right. Like, everyone and their mom thinks that they can be a YouTuber. They can do this thing And they can. Um, Whereas back in the day, you had Pro Guitar Shop Andy. You had... um, the barrier to yeah. entry to being a regular YouTuber and being a gear demo person is different, though, because you need to have some basic audio uh, recording stuff. Well, you you would think so, but, I mean, there's plenty of people who are trying to do it with just, like, their iPhone microphones. Right. Or, like, or like a, what's that little Shure attachment? Yeah. The, I mean, you can do that. M78 or whatever. You can do that and be a YouTube person who is just a player. Right. But if you're doing demos, you need to have some level of audio quality. Cuz demo- I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong and maybe that and that might be part of what he's saying is like the there's a difference between a good demo and a demo like with those kinds of things, but right, there's right. lots of people who are attempting to do it using without like actually having like audio mixing sure, sure. skills. Or, or you know the the equipment to do it right. They're just trying to go at it with like their phone and like you know some basic microphones and aren't even maybe not positioning it correctly or whatever. Should I give a little like like no, description of no like a basic cares. rig that people could start with if they want to? I I mean if you want if you like want to lose money if sure. you want to if you want to do a demo that'll turn out decent like your phone camera it's fine totally fine. Use your phone. Use your iPhone's camera, your Android, whatever. Figure out any way to record your amp with like an SM57 or a 58 or something like that. That'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. So record the audio separate from the video or running into the video if you can figure out a way to interface into your camera. 
Other than that, it's all lighting and figuring out how to play right and how to present the product. Um, I think everyone, it would be useful if everyone knew how to like do a basic, like good quality video to show off their own stuff. Right. And be like, Hey, I love this pedal. Let me show, show you what I like about it. I think that's valuable. And I think it's, it's a cool thing that can be done on YouTube, but there's a big barrier of entry or a big uh, jump in quality from that level. Even if you're using like a, a decent mic and doing some decent, you know, like playing and stuff like that to someone who is hireable as a demo person by a pedal company. And I think that gap is getting wider and wider and I'm struggling and crawling to stay on the right side of the gap. You know, <laughs> I think in the, in the future, either distant or near, I think it'll be much, much clearer who is a professional demo person and who is just, right. a, you know, a random on YouTube. And I think we're going to see a lot of people fall out of the middle of that. Well, I think this question, this question does get asked a lot because I actually saw a similar question. Of course, Sean is a builder. Like Sean yes. is, is from uh, Lollygagger Effects. He makes the uh, Canaglia uh, mm-hmm. pedal. Is that how you pronounce it? Canaglia? Canaglia? I don't know. Canaglia? I don't know. Um, I never spent the time to actually figure out how to pronounce it. Um, and he also makes a, the cherry box fuzz. Uh-huh. Um, he makes the pedals in the big wood cases. Yeah. And uh, But I've also seen like other uh, demo companies that uh, on different forums ask similar questions, some of which are not what I would consider like fledgling companies. I've seen uh, dem- like YouTubers who are bigger than uh, than you – Right. Than us, I like, mean, I'm six three, like oh, okay. two hundred and five like, pounds. Who have more subscribers? Right. Are you really down to two hundred five? I'm down to two hundred five. I know. We're like the same person. Um, who uh, who are like asking the same question? And the, like these are channels. They're that, asking if if demos are over. Yeah, these are channels that have like fifty or sixty thousand right uh, subscribers, but feel like they've either stalled out on growth. Or, you know, they don't feel like they're getting consistent views, right. like things like that. And whereas, you know, basically... Well, here's, here's the thing. From, from a demo person's side, the thing that's going to feel frustrating is that it feels like you put all this work in and the money return, the part where you're trying to make a living, isn't there yet. Right. And so I think that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. So we're going to see a wider divide between like the hobbyist and the actual professional demo person mm-hmm. as we see more and more of people who are on the edge of making a living and not making a living, just raising their prices because they have to. Right. And eventually it's going to cost as much for a pedal company to hire a good, like a legit demo guy as they would pay for a magazine advertisement, right. which is a lot of money, by the way. Like I don't know any demo guys who are charging magazine money for their demos, which they should be because they're influencing purchases at a much higher rate than magazines are these days, in my opinion. Like if you, if I was a pedal if I was a pedal builder or an amp builder, guitar builder or whatever, I would I would throw way more money at like Andy or like a, a or a genre specific do you think, demo guy than I would at any magazine these days. Do you think okay, so I and now we're getting a little off topic. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think the two kind of do work hand in hand because I think in for some of those channels, 
or for some of those companies, their thought is we're going to put money in this demo guy. Right. We're going to put money in the magazine. The people who read the magazine are going to see our ad and go, oh, I'm interested in that pedal. And they're going to go on YouTube and search for that thing. And then they're going to find Andy or certainly find find whoever. But then maybe, you know, to your point, maybe while like pouring all of that money into a YouTuber isn't the best solution, what might be a good medium solution would be take, okay, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Like say a magazine ad costs $10,000. For some reason, that sounds high, but That's also, high. That, that, is it high? That's high. So say, I don't know, what is it, like, five, is 5,000 closer? Yeah, I think somewhere between two and five is is going to be, okay, so let, depending let, on the magazine. Okay, so let's just be in the middle. We'll say $3,500. Depending on the magazine. Yeah. So the question is, if would you get better returns doing 35? So, okay, so say your combined budget for all of this is 5,000 then. You're putting 3,500 3, into magazines, 1,500 into a YouTuber. Would you do you think it would be that money would be better spent putting see the way it is now though I mean this is inside baseball guys the way it is now though you you could spend thirty five hundred dollars on a magazine ad in a magazine mm-hmm. or you do a walrus style launch where you have fifteen twenty youtubers for sure. that, for that thirty five hundred dollars and what I'm saying is we might be getting going down the barrel of a future where the youtubers that are legit and making a living and and getting these clients are charging magazine rates for single videos. Right. And what's going to happen is the bottom's going to fall out on people who are willing to demo for less than that. Mm-hmm. And you know the the smaller manufacturers are going to be like YouTube demos are over because I can't hire a guy for a hundred dollars in product anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's all over. I can't afford, you know, YouTube rates anymore. Do you think that's a bad place for manufacturers? Do you think, like, obviously, like, that seems like Cause that. Because re- really, like, what. In a sense, that increases the barrier to entry. But you're always going to have, like, someone who is starting out in, like, wanting to be, be a YouTuber who already has the, the equipment. Because a lot of people have, like, the recording equipment. They just don't necessarily have the here's, video equipment. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not even just equipment. It's, I mean, I'm going to be preaching to the choir to you on this one, but it's inside baseball for the audience. Um, it's not just the equipment. It's not being really great with the camera. It's not being great at editing. It's not being great at, at being a player. Like I'm proof of that for sure. Uh, it's all audience size and quality. Sure. That's a hundred percent of it is, is well, not a hundred percent. It's like 95% of it yeah. is, is growing the audience that the manufacturer wants to market to mm-hmm. and that is the backbreaking work with this stuff like it's we're right. we're i'm four years deep into this and we've got 30k mm-hmm. that's not a lot compared right. to a lot of channels out there but it's a lot more than a ton of channels well out there. and yeah and i so i think that's like the, the again like the guy who was asking if youtube is stalled out or if it's completely saturated is saying like he's hit like 50k or whatever and he doesn't he he thinks his growth is slowing down and it's kind of like well we're talking about a hypothetical youtuber no i'm talking about an actual youtuber okay who like this was a a thing i was reading um um so back to what i was saying before though is is safe you have this situation where it's 3500 for a magazine and like 1500 for a youtuber do you think 
the like the end user, the manufacturer would be better spent like doing like fit, say say they just want what's best for them, the brand. Say, right. Say you know so they're gonna hire a YouTuber for fifteen hundred dollars, which for what it's worth, like our demo is not fifteen hundred dollars no. y- yet. <laughs> Um, our prices are public. You can go find them yeah. on our on our website. Um, but I think fifteen hundred dollars. I've heard some of the the bigger channels throw out numbers between a thousand and two thousand dollars a video. Um, I mean, there's a, a very small few that can. No, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'm saying like for those at, are top at shelf. that rate. You're talking about like the best of the best guys as far yeah. as like as far as audience size goes the point is do you think a like say walt say walrus or whatever and they're worth every penny they would hire somebody at like 1500 and then instead of putting 3500 into a magazine would they be better spent just putting like 500 bucks into facebook yeah. and and instagram Sure. And so, or maybe they put 500 on facebook 500 on instagram and they use that money to promote the YouTuber's video. The video that they hired. They have the video that yeah. they hired. And and now they've spent $2,500 instead of $5,000. Yeah. Because it's all about getting impressions in people's face, like getting them to see the product, getting right. them to see the brand. And it's like one of those things like you get people to see a brand three times and then they never forget it sort of idea. Um, so, yeah, that I think that's the new media way of doing things. I honestly... I mean, I don't know about you. I used to pick up the magazines from Nam that are out on like the free shelves and mm-hmm. take them home, and then never read them. And we we you know we care about this stuff. We love guitar stuff. I'm not motivated to sit down with a magazine and read it, let alone like look through the ads anymore because it's all on the internet. Yeah, now. I'm not going to say the magazines weren't there at Nam this year, but if they were, I didn't see them. I definitely didn't think about them, and I. We spend all day talking guitar culture with people online. When was the last time anyone was like, oh, check out this article I read in a magazine? Right. There's a handful of like, of like niche specific, but I guess and like, maybe, and maybe, non, but they're non gear magazines that, yeah. that do get conversations going. But, you know, yeah, you're right. People aren't saying like, and maybe oh, you like, got to see this, you got to see this article in such and such magazine. Maybe YouTube. Uh, demo people will never fetch that kind of money because there's so many of them and that's yeah. part of the part of the issue. Um but like I just I can't imagine magazines continuing to charge the rates that they do now and these companies are gonna start diversifying their budgets as like magazines fall away and aren't delivering returns anymore. Right. Um I don't know. It's a complicated thing. Like it's 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 a really a we'll see what happens sort of scenario. Um, I, like I said, I'm hoping to scramble to be on the side of the, the demo guys that, you know, make some kind of living or, you know, at least their time is justified by what they can charge. It's an interesting industry. It's, a uh, a unique dynamic that, uh, you don't see in a bunch of other areas on YouTube, like the, even the, the top channels for demos on YouTube, mm-hmm. like pale in comparison to like general entertainment channels yeah. that are on YouTube. Yeah. But because we're so niche and we're advertising things that do sell and people buy because of the work that we're doing, like we command uh, a certain amount of fees. Yeah. For the, it. the, uh, the gear, the, or sorry, the guitar channels that are the biggest 
that I've seen are either doing lessons or they're doing like musical comedy. Yeah. Or like some kind of like thing like that. They're not demo channels. Right. If they're doing a demo, it's because it's for like a single product. That and we is- might see... We might see more of the bigger demo channels going more that direction to get more audience. Like, don't be surprised if you see some guy who, you know, is a really amazing player and you've been following him for years because of his in-depth, like, pedal demos or amp reviews or anything like that. Don't be surprised if that guy starts trying to tell jokes. Starts doing jokes and starts doing top ten lists and starts doing, like, oh, what's going on with this bad drummer at a gig? Like, like Tosh.0 level, like, internet review stuff. Because that's are you just prefacing this because this is going to be this your is my 2019 new plan. This deal? is my new plan, guys. I'm doing top ten lists. I'm doing bottom ten lists. We've talked about doing top lit, top and bottom lists for like years. We've never talked about doing bottom lists. I just <laughs> okay, came up with that top list. just now. <laughs> only top lists. Fine. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff like every now and then I do something that's kind of tongue in cheek and like. Uh, can you believe I'm talking about this dumb thing and people like scream at me that I'm doing clickbait? I'm like, well, look at the click count. It worked. Yeah. Like I don't have yeah. I don't have the uh, interest in doing this stuff all the time, but you when know, I do, okay. it works. So legit and legitimately, like it's it is interesting because our channel is prim- on YouTube is primarily known as a as a demo channel. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm trying to transition it, it into being more of like a show, right? With the podcast and it, with video. with the podcast and there, it is transitioning to being more of a show. But you think about again, like the same kind of channels I was talking about that are very large. Yeah. Some of those channels get like five hundred thousand views on a clickbait video right. because all it is is the personality trash talking something that happened. We're pretty much talking about Steve Terryberry right now. I don't want right? to give that guy more. Yeah, seriously, don't go watch his stuff. He's awful. I I find myself hate watching that channel, and then I I am filled with self loathing. I curi- knowing that I gave a click. I curiously away. curiosity watched one, and then I hate watched three, and I was like, I never need to watch one of these ever again. Yeah. He's someone's going to tag him in this now, and he's going to be like, I don't care about this guys. Maybe he'll hate watch one of your demos and. Make fun of you and be like, if he was, this is what it would be like. Oh, oh, here's Ryan. This is what, this is what his demo of that product should have sounded like. Look, I'm wearing a blonde wig because I'm Ryan. That's going to be what the video looks like. All right. I hope. I'm in trouble. I hope he does it. Steve, if you're watching, please make fun of me. I'd, I'd love it. I'd love the attention. All right. This last ad was sent by Tim Worley. Uh, this is an Epiphone Les Paul pick guitar body. If I was Steve Terryberry, I wouldn't watch anyone else's YouTube. I'd just count my money all day. Yeah, right? Hundreds of dollars he must be making. He has like 1.1 1. 1 million subs. Uh, Epiphone Les Paul pick body. I covered an epoxied picks on the front, abalone on the sides, and fabric on the back. Seymour Duncan pickups. Very interesting. I do think the top of this guitar looks interesting. I wish we had pictures of the back and sides, but... Fabric on the back sounds awful. Yeah. And abalone on the sides, if it's anything like his pick job on the front, then I can't imagine the abalone is going to look really great. This was off of uh, Let Go, which I think only allows you one picture per ad. Okay, I... The Let Go app. I don't know. I guess I haven't used Let Go. I have OfferUp. But the thing that made me want to talk about this is that I thought about doing this. 
Really? With picks? With picks. Not these picks that, that, that this person used, but like finding like a bunch of really cool, like loose cell, like kind of transparent, like fendery mm. tortoise picks. Right. If they're made out of cellulite, cellu- celluloid, celluloid, totally screwed that up. Um, you can melt them together, not with not with heat, but chemically. Oh, okay. Because that's how it's made. Because if you use heat, won't they explode? They'll burn. Celluloid is super flammable. Yeah. Um, burn, explode. Whatever. But like I've thought about like putting them all together in a sheet, a couple thick, and using that chemical to bond them all together and then you have to let it cure forever forever not forever but for like for a really long time this okay. is how they make the celluloid pick guard material they, oh, okay. they make a big block of it mm-hmm. and then they use a, a blade to shave it thin oh. to make the pick guard material cool and so they make a big swirly sort of thing right and then let it cure and and to get to that point they're mixing together uh you know different cubes and different yeah, bricks of, I didn't know of that. stuff um, so you could potentially redo it with picks and just don't do the thing where you swirl them together afterwards, right. just let them sit and kind of bond together and then let it cure Interesting. and then like cut a pick guard out of it or do a guitar top with it or something like that. I don't think this person did it that way. It looks right. like, oh, he said he epoxied it. Yeah. That's why it looks all lumpy and I garbage. Say, even like this execution... I don't hate. It's not terrible. If he would have taken like more time to like, if this was like a wet sand, like a, an even wet sanded top, it would look really cool. Yeah. And, and I guess in that case, you wouldn't be able to use epoxy. You'd have to use an actual like lacquer, but he could have sanded it where like the epoxy that's over the pick, over the picks gets completely worn away and it's just raw pick. And then like you said, apply a lacquer over it to get a nice shine to it. I just don't think the combination of colors is attractive here. It's a confetti thing with a bunch of different colors. It's just random. I'd like to see something more artful where you're like combining like the same color of celluloid Hmm. or a couple colors. You want a mosaic. Yeah, you kind a of design. a mosaic. Yeah, you want like a religious depiction. <laughs> well, what I really want is just those big fat cells from vintage pit guards oh, okay. that are you right. know, the vintage tortoise. Yeah, <laughs> those are made from actual tortoise. No, at some point they were. If you go back, not far on enough. electric, not on electric guitars. I'm sure you could find tortoise, actual tortoise pit guards on. Yeah, on like acoustic old stuff, arch tops. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, but I don't think it ever was on. Electrics. I think that was already going uh, going out of fashion, and plastics were the big deal. Yeah. You know what I forgot to talk about last week? What did you forget to talk about, Steve? I forgot to talk about um, Patreon. Uh-oh. No, you, di- you didn't forget. You well, did. Well, I talked about Patreon. What I didn't talk about is the fact that our goal for 2019 is to get 100 supporters on Patreon. And when we do that, I'm going to read the names of our entire Patreon list on the, on the mic. Uh, but this week, uh, I'd like to thank Matt Tobin for joining us, joining and supporting us at the $1 level. I love these and, $1. Uh, and Beto Rodriguez for joining and supporting us at the $10 level. Oh. Uh, so thanks, guys. At the $10 level, you get to uh, join the Inner Circle, which is our backstage group. You get input on uh, to things like today, uh, Ryan dropped in the Google Drive graphic pack. 
and said, hey, guys, what things do you think we should talk about tonight for By our By graphic ads? pack, he means the uh, Google Drive folder that had all the potential ads for the past two episodes. Yeah. Which was – those folders are typically, like, jam-packed full. Like, we only cover three ads per episode, but there's usually, yeah. like, 15, 20 ads in there. Yeah. Um, you also – when every time we do a run of the 50-50, you get first – your first dibs on that. And mm-hmm. when you buy your first one, you get it at a deep, deep discount. Deep, 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 I cannot deep. guarantee the frequency of those. In fact, we may never make another run of those ever again. I don't know. The, uh, the last run sold out in one day. I think that's the fastest we've ever had a run sell out. I mean, it was only 19 of them, but that's yeah. a lot of pedals, guys. Um, in one day – I think we're going to make another run probably sometime in the future. Um, so there's also, uh, I've got some swag packs. I got a bunch of swag packs I need to ship out. It's actually waiting until I ship out the 50, 50. So th- if you guys are waiting on, if you are one of the people waiting on a swag pack, it may have already shipped. Maybe if you're lucky, I have a feeling this is going to be a busy weekend and I'm not going to get to it, but well, by the time oh, this that episode, was last weekend, by the time that was this two ep- weekends yeah. ago, when this episode mm-hmm. airs, people will already have their 50, 50s in hand. Hopefully. They will, Steve. You're gonna do it, Steve. Well, maybe not the internet. The international, ship. the internationals might not have it. You're gonna ship. The internationals the have to wait on 50s, customs, Steve. I cannot guarantee ship times for international buyers. That's the way mail works, Ryan. You don't ship things the way I do. Ship you don't, the pedals. You don't Steve. know the international shipping. It's $23.50. It's not $7.10 like everything else. All right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, patreon.com slash Uh Give us a buck or 10 bucks or 100 bucks, whatever. Um, if half the people who listen to this show subscribe uh, uh, pledged one dollar, I'd be making a living just doing the podcast. If everyone who subscribed or listens to the show gave us a dollar, we would have an episode where all I did was read names for the entire episode, and that would be hilarious. It'd be like cracking the phone book. Oh my gosh, that would. That would be the worst. I w- it would just be an episode where we I would print out all the names, and we would just sit here with a bottle of Kirkland Scotch. Mm. Uh, it would be I like this plan. Names and shots. We're gonna die. I don't know how many names. Maybe we would do a power hour. Get a bunch of get a bunch of cheap beer and power hour through all. Tell the us names. about the song, Steve. Let's get out of here. This week's song was sent by Jacob Charbono uh, from the band Oklahoma. They're releasing a record in March. Uh, we're gonna play the song uh, "Wrecking Ball" from their new album that's coming out in March, which is right around the corner. If you want to check them out, head on over to Instagram. Their Instagram handle is Oklahoma will never leave you. I put it in my earplugs so I can listen to them real loud. Bye. See ya.